This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today on these Wednesdays. Sean uh, Bolson joins us, and he's uh, there uh, in Wilmer. I'm up here in uh, North Dakota. He might actually be uh, still home a little bit. Am I catching you? Are you already at the office, Sean? I guess you are, aren't you? Oh, yeah. At the office. Bright and early. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot more snow here in North Dakota than you're getting down there. It kind of looks like the snow missed you, which is a good thing. Well, we're, we're hoping. I, I know you guys had a big Masters draft. Was that last night that you had that over there at Eagle Creek? Yep, big Masters draft last night. I uh, I actually tried to call Jeffrey to be my partner. He was down in lacrosse watching his son Brooks play baseball. Ah. So I called Carter, Jeff's son, you know, Ethan, my son Ethan's best friend. And, and Carter and I uh, took partner. It was kind of fun. They did a, a three. It was a 145-yard uh, shot in the simulator to a uh-huh. par three. Yeah. Uh, every person got three shots. Closest two then set the draft order. Ah. So uh, Carter and I actually... Uh, hit the green five out of six times. I believe it was the best of any of the groups, so it was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, we both hit some good shots. We ended up proximity about 18 feet. We got the, I believe, the eighth pick. And so then what you did is you just did a snake draft where you went one through, you know, whatever, 15, and then 15 through one. And yep. everybody drafted five players, and, and there you go. So it was uh, it, it was a very fun event. Uh Mr. Snow is bringing some uh, excitement to the course that we haven't seen in a while already. So uh, as a member and and a Masters fan, it was quite a fun event. Well, who'd you get then in the draft? Well, the draft. So first round, uh, we we took... um, uh, see, now you put me on the spot. I wasn't even thinking about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, Victor, Victor Hovland. Yeah, okay. Joachim Neiman. Yeah, oh, you took a live player. uh, Satith... Uh, Sagala. Yep, yep. Um, who else did we get? We got a couple. I was, ex- oh, some uh, Carter. Well, and then Jeff showed up at the end, and he had some pick. I forget who it was. But those are our three guns. All right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm okay with it. I, f- I feel pretty good about Oh, I really like Neiman, too. I mean, you know, the guy I thought. And seeing some of the live players and some of the PGA players have to co-mingle, uh, I think this is going to be a, a fun-filled Masters tourney. Yeah, no doubt. I wish that they had had the courage to put some interesting groups together Thursday and Friday. They didn't. Uh, they kept the guys uh, separated from each other that have been the most vocal about, you know, the PGA guys, about the Live Tour and, and vice versa. They kept them all separate. I was kind of hoping for a Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed uh, Thursday and Friday matchup, but they didn't do that. They've got, uh, you know, everybody kind of separated out and Mickelson playing with, uh, you know, some guys. Uh, uh, so, nonetheless, uh, that won't prevent it maybe from happening Saturday and Sunday and prevent it, uh, presenting an interesting dynamic. But I did hear some reports about the, the Champions Dinner that they hosted. And, and uh, you know, there was six players from the Live Tour that were in the Champions Dinner. As a matter of fact, seven of the last 13 Masters have been won by Live Golf players. And, and I guess it went fine, everybody. There wasn't any fisticuffs. There wasn't any food fight or anything. They all, they all got well, along well. Well, what's there to fight about? Yeah, right. You know? I, I mean, what's there to fight about? That everybody has their stuff, and uh, some of the guys sign deals for absolute millions and millions and millions of dollars. And yep, yep. Uh, 
uh, okay, like, you know, they have to play their t- – I, I watched the live golf. You were nice yeah. enough to send a text out last weekend that it was on CW, and yeah. I watched it, and my guy, Brooks, yeah. who I, I, now I'm feeling like I'm the only guy that likes him after that full swing documentary, but <laughs> I'm a Brooks Kepka fan, and he won last week on the live tournament, and I thought it was incredible. The prize money was absolutely crazy. The money he gets to be there is crazy. Yeah. Uh, it looked like they were playing a relatively – Decent course. Um, yeah. You know, there was some music playing in the background. The fans were kind of sparse. It it didn't have the allure of a regular PGA tourney. No, it But doesn't. yet, he's playing against a lesser field and absolutely making generational type of money. So, I mean, I can't blame the guy. So, I don't know. I, I think it'll be fun to see them all together in yeah. the um, Masters. And unless they change the rules, this will be – the last time we see 17 live players in the Masters because a lot of the late moveovers, like a Varner, they still hold on to their world ranking where next year that'll be gone. So yeah. I, I'll be interesting to see how many, if the rules change and, and world ranking points are changed. But either way, we get to see them all go against each other. And it should be fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. So who do you like? Who are you taking to win this weekend? Are you going to stick with your guy Brooks since he's kind of hot right now? Well, you know, winning one tournament on the live tour to me doesn't quite classify as hot. (laughs) And so I kind of struggle thinking that they're going to jump back in. If I were to pick who do I wish would win, obviously if Tiger is in the hunt, that's better for everybody. I don't know anybody that would be disappointed. I wish Dustin Johnson would win. Um, but I do see somebody like, uh, you know, a, it's a Scheffler, a Rahm, and a McElroy uh, mm-hmm. being right in the mix. Yeah. You know, re- really tough to tough to bet against any of them. I mean, they're, they're great players, and they're doing it week after week. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting, and Greg and I talked about this on Monday some, too, how, um, you know, CBS handles the coverage. Uh, let's say that let's say it's Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka in the final group on Sunday playing for the championship. Right. How will they handle all of that? Of course, uh, you know, uh, Brandel Chambly was on his horse again uh, yesterday with some of his commentary. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be it, – it adds a little element. Now you have kind of almost like an insurgency uh, that's – coming in here to the Masters and playing against all the top PGA Tour players. It it really adds a little bit of an element of, of a good story where, you know, every good story needs a villain. And you know what? You have a few villains now, apparently, uh, you know, from Live Golf that are playing over there. It adds a little, it adds a little spice to it, I think. Right, and the interesting thing is we've never we we never talk politics, but the media, as as everybody sees, can portray their own image, and yeah. we've seen that in the United States where they see the side they want to promote, and they just can promote it and promote it. We we don't want that in golf. Right. I don't care if Brandel Chambly thinks it's the worst decision in the history of the world that these guys went to live. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I want to hear about like every other tournament. I want them to cover the people in the top. They, what they do is they cover the top ten the majority and when somebody makes a big shot somewhere else they always flip to it which is kind of funny when all of a sudden you have you know jason day who's nine shots back and they flip to him hitting a shot on 17 well you know he either hits it close or holds it because that's how (laughs) the coverage goes you know i would be highly disappointed if they changed it and 
despite one of the live players, they didn't cover it. But if we think back to the last tournament where I think it was DeChambeau had announced that they just flat out didn't cover his shots. Right. And we did see that in, in some of the last PGA. But I think the Masters is different. Uh, I do think the integrity of the game is going to focus on those in the hunt. And that's all you can hope. And I think it would make for an unbelievable drama. If you, you have four, in my opinion, you have four live golfers in there that can make a run. DeChambeau doesn't play well, but he's a good player. DeChambeau, DJ, Kepka, and Smith. Those all have a legitimate chance to compete. And if you can mix those four in with the four big guns from the PGA and have them in the last couple groups, I think it would be entertaining. I do too. I, 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 you know, I throw, I think I have to, I'm not a fan of his, um, you know, even back before this whole live thing happened, but I, you can't count on Patrick Reed. He's a he's a Masters no. champion from the past as well, and he's a, he's really I think embracing this role of being the outcast of being the villain. I think I think he might have a point to prove coming up. I think Patrick Reed is going to play well this week too. I do. The only thing about the live golfers that I you know. I, that I wish went away is I don't like Greg Norman in the mix. Yeah. Uh, I've never cared for him as a golfer, as a person. Uh, just seems like he's just really upset at the world and feels, you know, almost like his own master's meltdown. You know, I heard him talking this week. If a live player wins, all 17 live players will be on the 18th green celebrating. Like, that that's great. You know, you, you see family and friends celebrating all the time. But I don't need it to be a political golf statement from Greg Norman. Yeah. I just want to cheer for it for good golf. And you're right. Patrick Reed, he was a villain when he was on the PGA Tour. Now <laughs> he that was. he went over there, he even enabled it more. So uh, I, I do look forward. It's going to be a fun weekend. This is always one of my favorite weekends to watch golf. And, and then after this weekend generally signifies when we get outside and start playing ourselves, which is also yeah. something to look forward to. That's right. I, I usually, uh, you know, sometimes you're battling, boy, do I want to be out on the golf course or do I want to be watching the Masters? And usually Thursdays and Fridays I'll go, play golf you know obviously we're not this year but in years where it's kind of more of a normal spring and and this is as early as the masters could start too so it's a bit of a you know it's a few days ahead of time on that as well um but uh uh and and then but on sundays i i do give up golf so i can just watch the masters it is my favorite tournament of the year to watch because it's at the same course it's the only major that plays the same course year in and year out too which i think adds a lot to it I think it does add a lot, and I think that gives you a little bit of uh, a breakdown when you're trying to figure out what's going to happen because, you know, some guys up and downs are important. Or, you know, some guys can just get around the course. You know, yeah. you, uh, if you look at, you know, Paul Casey, he was a, uh, he's not in it this year, but I looked at it. I took him in master's pools for years because no matter where his world ranking was, he always made the cut and seemed to do well at the master's, which is, you know, it's kind of cool. Some guys have that, and some guys play well. So, I don't, it's always fun. And you know, I'm hoping Tiger is able to hold up uh, and you know have a good showing because I think that would make for for great TV. And and seeing him succeed at the Masters is a fun thing to do. So, I have a lot of storylines I'm excited to watch. Yeah. And bottom bet. line, on Thursday and Friday, I plan on. A lot of TV time. <laughs> That's right. Watching the, the Masters uh, this week. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like, you know, the Wild, I thought, 
were on their way to winning the division, which would have been huge for them for that first-round matchup. Uh, you know, they could have gotten uh, potentially Seattle in that opening round matchup. Unfortunately, now, they've hit just a little bump, and that's all it took for Colorado and Dallas to catch them. So all three teams in the Central Division now, Colorado, Dallas, the Wild, have the same number of points, 98. But on the NHL.com standings, they have the Wild in third in the Central Division, so they must not have the tiebreaker against those other two teams. Third is a tough spot uh, for the Wild. That would mean uh, that at least today they would get Dallas uh, in the, as their opening round matchup, but it could switch and be Colorado as well. Yeah, I mean, second and third, other than home ice, uh, are going to be the same because you're going to have, have the same opponent. And I just, you know, when you and I talked a couple weeks ago, the teams I didn't want, number one, I didn't want Colorado. Yep. And then I didn't want Dallas, and then I didn't care because yeah. whether it's the Jets or the Kraken or whoever, uh, not a big deal. You know, now we're in the standpoint of unless something happens, you know what, we're going we're gonna to have to take out one of those, and then you start looking at, well, we'd have to beat them anyway. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of the way that you can salt your wounds of, hey, we, we wanted to finish first. We didn't. Well, oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter because we'd have had to beat him anyway. Because the ultimate goal is to make a deep run in the playoffs. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think uh, having a, a first-round you know, home ice against, like, the Kraken of the Jets probably doesn't take as much toll on your team and, and is, isn't quite as draining. But you never know because we've seen the eight seed win the Stanley Cup before. So um, either way, we're going to be in. We're playing well, uh, competitive. Uh, we really let one slip away at home against Vegas the yep. other night when, you know, we allowed them to score with 30 seconds left and then we lost in the shootout. So yep. um, we have more than held our serve with uh, Kaprizov out. And Boldy has really stepped up. Others have stepped up. Erickson X playing at a level that is just incredible also. And then, you know, with picking up Johansson, that Johansson-Eck-Boldy line is just playing great. So hopefully when we start to see some of Kirill back, we can keep rolling. But um, we have more than – it's easy to lose sight of that, but when Kirill went down, we saw a lot of people hang their heads going, ooh, what are we going to do? This team has rallied and played outstanding. You know, essentially second or third best in the league yeah. uh, since Kirill went down. So very impressive. Uh, we're going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of, you know, question of who we're going to have. Yeah, no doubt, and and they're still right there, and they're still tied with Colorado and Dallas at 98 points, and five games left for the Wild. Colorado has a game in hand, so that helps them uh, a little bit, but, you know, for the winning the division is still very possible. They just need to play well these last five, and I did see um, that uh, Carrillo's back skating, so that's a good step. Uh, Have you heard, is it, I don't think the regular season, right? It wouldn't be until the playoffs that he might be available? I have not heard one whisper of uh, a projected return. Ah, yep, yep. So we don't know. I think they're going to keep that pretty close to the belt. And so bottom line, we have to win with, with who's in front of us now. I think we're at, what, Pittsburgh next, and Pittsburgh is uh, is battling to try to, you know, get in the playoffs also. You know, they're on the outside looking in right now, I believe. So, I mean, it's not like we have some uh, lay-down teams that are out of it. So we're going to need to, uh, you know, finish well and and uh first is not out of it third's not out of it so right. you know that's how it is in in the west yeah 
Yeah, Pittsburgh one point out of a wild card spot in the yeah. East. So, yeah, they're going to be uh, highly motivated as well. Uh, speaking of Correct. lack of motivation, so I went to the Timberwolves game on Sunday. We had Timberwolves Affiliate Appreciation Day, and uh, they have us down. We ate at Fahima's and, and then uh, watched the game. And talk about under-motivated. Uh, so it's a packed house. I mean, every seat is sold 19,000-plus at Target Center. The pregame atmosphere was fantastic. I don't know how, as an athlete, I mean, that's why you play, is to play in front of 19,000 fans and, and uh, you know, in a, in a meaningful, huge game. And it was just so lackadaisical, easy turnovers uh, by the Wolves. That's as bad a loss as it gets on Sunday. And then they flip it around and, and, and win against Brooklyn on the road last night. I, I don't yeah. understand what happens sometimes with the Timberwolves. They just mail it in against these bad teams. Well, they, they go to the West Coast and they beat uh, they beat the Warriors with Curry. Yeah. They beat Sacramento, who's one of the most exciting teams in the league. Yeah. I did see today they were two hundred and fifty to one to start the season to win the division, which is incredible. Mm. Um, and then you look at uh, you you lose Ethan and Carter, my son and his buddy, were at the Lakers game, and you know they had a sizable halftime lead. Second half, they just went away yeah and then you lose to portland who i, I mean essentially has like a, G, a d league kind of roster yes i mean they're horrible they're yeah. not even you know you know trying to win at this point no um and so but you know you and i talked we talked before the wolves six spot five spot where can we get to and you know i'd made the comment down the stretch i never really have a ton of faith in them <laughs> it it's really weird because they get you excited and then all of a sudden they lay an egg like Portland, and you're yeah. like, if this team in a must-win game can't beat Portland, why are we even excited for the playoffs? Right. Because what are you what are you going to do in the playoffs when you're at home in front of 19,000 in a must-win game to sure up a spot, and you get beat by one of the worst teams in the league? Yeah. I mean, what is your – so, I don't know. Um, last night, you know, to bounce back, again, you can't figure the team out. But no. at times they look really good, and at times they look like the Wolves we've all complained about for the last decade. So I don't know which Wolves team is going to show up. I don't know if anybody does. Yeah, and I don't see them getting out of the play-in. They'll get in the play-in tournament, I would think. Yeah, their magic number is one to clinch a playoff spot. So the Wolves are going to get in, but likely in the play-in. They actually could still get up into that that sixth spot, even the, even the five spot with Golden State, but they'd have to win their last two and have... Golden State, the Clippers, Lakers, and Pelicans all lose multiple games. So it's, it's a long shot to get up to six. So probably the play-in tournament. And if they wind up with the Lakers uh, in the play-in tournament, I guess I don't see them beating the Lakers. So they you know, might not even get into where you're actually playing a series, which would be a huge disappointment considering when they traded for Rudy Gobert, the intent was to be a top-four team in the West and contend uh, to go to the finals. And, well, that isn't happening. No, that isn't happening. And if I look at it right now, it would appear that we would have uh, the the Pelicans and the T Wolves in the in the eight nine game, right in the yep. play in. Uh, and if if we did, you know, drop a spot or see you get the Lakers, I I am not huge fan of either of those matchups. So yeah. I guess we'll just have to see. And and like I said, if you do get in, then what, right? Yeah. Um. You, you just you've proven your consistency level is is not where it needs to be to compete with some of the low-level teams. Yep. When you have the Denver, the Memphis, Sacramento, you know, Phoenix with a Durant, uh, you know, w- what noise are you going to make? So yeah. 
Who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. They've surprised us all year. I hope so. They've surprised Good and bad. That's right. <laughs> They've surprised us by being really bad sometimes, and uh, they could still be really good. Hey, Sean, uh, thanks yeah. so much, and uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you again next week. Thanks, Todd. Have a good day. Sean Bolson joining us here in the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm, 1340 a.m. and 96.3 FM.